0: Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends tries to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. This episode, it's The Clash. My name is Dan, and I was never a huge fan of Harley Quinn until I found out that Jeff hated her. What a
1: dick. (laughs) My name is Jimmy, and I'm named after both my grandfathers.
0: My name is
2: Jeff, and I was the recipient of Dan's very poorly thought out record purge.
1: (laughs) wow okay. I don't really
0: remember doing that but in theory I know I did I, j-
2: I remembered it today because you talked about you wanted to get a dead boys reissue and I was like you have that album and you were like I did but I sold it and then I remembered that I had that album because you gave it to me <laughs> and then I think I gave it back so here's what happened fellas Dan was into collecting records before I was or probably a little bit before I was in high school and at one point, a few years after high school, Dan's like, I'm done with records. As the world was like, <laughs> we, like <laughs> we, we like records again. Dan was like, No, thanks. I'm counterculture. I don't want them. So Dan was like, Come over, pick out what you want, and I'm getting rid of the rest, or something like that. So he gave me like, I don't know, 20 records or something. And at one point, when he got back into records, he's like, I'm getting back into records. And I'm like, yeah. and, and he gave me like this guilt trip. I was like, Come over. You can take <laughs> back what you want that you gave me, except for like a few. Like I kept an anti-flag one mm. and against me one. I later sold the anti-flag one and I still have the against me record. Mm. But funny. I thought that you had taken back the dead boys one because I don't have it. So you gave it to me. I gave it back and then you sold it. I don't know. Maybe I have. That
0: was so weird. That's one of those (laughs) weird things. I bet you, if I go out there right now, it's on my shelf. That's one of those weird things you've done, like throw out slip cases from Blu-rays. Yeah. Oh God. Just like to do weird things. Stuff.
2: Yeah, I'm weird. I think I have good ideas about collecting and I don't. And I just saw that you have another Harley Quinn comic in your uh, bathroom. Yeah, it's good. You're so into her all of a sudden. And I was
0: thinking, I was like, is he into it because I'm not? A little bit.
1: Apparently, yeah.
0: No, I mean, honestly, that one in particular, I bought not really because it was Harley Quinn, but because of the creator, um, the writer slash artist. Had previously done a creator-owned series on Image called Sunstone that I liked a lot, which is like an S&M bondage series, but it's really good. And uh, I was like, oh, they did a large format Harley Quinn that's all like digital painting. It's really cool. I'm like a third of the way through. It's pretty good. It's like an origin story. Two James, huh? James is? His middle name.
1: James and Clarence.
2: Ah, oh, my grandfather's name was Clarence. Your middle yeah. name is
0: Clarence.
1: Yeah, you didn't know that's that. So old. Claire. Yeah,
0: yeah. I didn't know. I know that. I know Sonny's
1: Clarence. Yeah. yeah,
0: our grandfather's nickname was Sonny. That's what everyone called him. Except that's how I know him. Except one of his friends, a guy who owned a gun shop, whose name was Chris, referred he to him, him as Clarence. No, he called him Claire.
1: Oh, that's right. Hey, yeah, Claire. That's right. I remember being <laughs> I a little kid, that. and my
0: grandfather like taking me to see him, and we walk in, and he's like, "Hey, Claire," and I was like, "What?"
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was. I was named after my father and my grandfather. I wanted to be a third, but my dad was like, no, he'll be made fun of because his name was Thomas Jefferson Edwards. <laughs> and and uh, so that's, that's where Jeff comes from. Uh, but little did he know, that's not what made me get bullied. That's like <laughs> Anthony Blinken,
0: a.k.a. A. a Blinken. <laughs> that's
2: pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So that's we're. this is our show, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Do we have any reviews for people who like listening to us talk we about do. this?
1: We have a very strange thing where apparently Apple Podcasts only shows you reviews from America. So Dan went on to the <laughs> America web. first, baby. He found out that there are <laughs> the reviews. Deep web.
0: I literally Googled <laughs> international iTunes reviews yeah. or something.
1: He Googled and found out that we have uh, three reviews. We're only going to read one of them today because eh, that's how we do it. Uh, so this one is from uh <laughs> december 5th 2019 um <laughs> uh, i'm sorry but uh the title says just fun i searched for the magic the gathering and yes. stumbled upon this the title pulled me in and i was not disappointed from denmark i say this
2: every time i am so proud that the magic the gathering episode has pulled in so many people it's very we funny. hear that from more people than not
1: i know it's I a very popular thing. keep listening though
2: they're reviewing it. They're, they're yeah, listening the reviews to it. are in. No, they're <laughs> listening to it and then saying that I, I'm still listening to your show. It's good. Like yeah. if you review a podcast, you have to really like it because I listen to a lot of podcasts and I review zero of them. Yeah, I review them all because I think my opinions need to be heard. That's why you have That's a podcast, yeah. middle aged
1: white man. <laughs> This is the part of the show where we're talking ourselves into things. Dan's I've already talking, messed it up. Dad's talking himself into using his tongue as a napkin. Oh, that's adorable. Uh so this is just a segment where we're uh we're trying something out for the week or uh something that we enjoy. And uh so this week I was talking myself into budgeting. And yeah, just
2: You, you yeah. gotta do it.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm I'm Finally. an adult now. He's a real
2: grown man. Yeah.
1: I'm a grown man now. I have to uh, be responsible with my money. So I cut out a ton of subscriptions, and um, because mm. it's they're, they're expensive, man. They add up. Yeah, um, I was spending like close to two hundred dollars just on subscriptions. What'd you uh, cut
2: out? What'd you keep? Let's let's get down. Sure.
1: To it. You um, kept I cut all out. your
2: OnlyFans. We know that.
1: Yep, I kept those. Uh, I have what about your creator
0: only fans <laughs> you must be making some income on that hopefully yeah. it's not like our patreon and that family members out. aren't subscribing
1: <laughs> that one evens out because they it's equal to the amount i'm spending <laughs> and how I'm, it's just five star sean right on your only fan <laughs> oh, oh, oh sorry that's Dad. what i call fire
0: hose oh.
1: <laughs> so uh i cut out um first one might be controversial netflix got rid of it don't want it no more
2: You know what? I don't use it as much anymore. And the TV I bought, it
0: just freezes all the time. It's a piece of crap. Really? Yeah. Yeah. The thing with Netflix is it's not as curated Mm -hmm. as other things. Like the content ranges greatly. Some of it is like utter crap. Yeah. but there is just so much stuff on there yeah there's so much good stuff
1: it, it came down to i just wasn't watching it anymore and when something co- like when season four of stranger things comes on i'll get it for a month i'll watch that and get rid of it again.
0: i have a friend who does that with all of his subscription yeah. services that's tedious. and i'd just pay money and not worry about right but lazy and i stupid. should probably do that with a couple
1: yeah so that's the big one um i cut down hulu to with ads and I that's also, a tough decision. It's only like a dollar difference. I'd
2: rather have no. And no I have I have ads because I don't want to pay that dollar.
1: <laughs> um, And I also bundled it with uh, Disney Plus as well. Uh, just to save, save money. Bit, yeah. yeah. Save a little bit of money.
0: And for all your ESPN plus watching.
1: Yeah, for sure. I actually logged on to that and you can't watch anything on there. You need, <laughs> you need like a cable subscription. And I was like, what's the, f- the point of this? Sorry, Jim. Um, So I got rid of that um i did keep a list i don't remember what else exactly see i was excited when you said you were cutting out subscriptions
0: i was hoping there would be things that weren't like yeah like weird services Uh, that's why i
2: thought thought it was gonna be like an anime thing i cut out my whiskey
0: a month subscription
2: (laughs) my my jelly fan
1: oh (laughs) so this is also a big controversial one for me I got rid of YouTube Premium, and Ooh, I was you're a YouTube so boy. now you have so to watch sad. commercials like the I rest of us. It. I hate it. It's one of it's the bad. worst things I've ever done. Now you know
0: why it. the first like five YouTube things you have yeah, yeah. to
1: watch. I complained about. Got rid of it. Um, I got rid of a ton of uh, patrons Patreon things that I was subscribed to. I'm only uh, one patron now to uh, Dungeon and Daddies. Dude, so we it.
2: Uh, we have been using. Um, Lindsay's stepdad's YouTube TV, mm-hmm. which you pay like sixty five dollars a month for. It's
1: like cable. Yeah.
2: And the amount of commercials on there is absurd. It streaming. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: awful. Uh, and I got rid of um, Express VPN. I was using it for a while. Don't really use it anymore. Getting rid of it. And uh, the other one, which is also kind of controversial, but I also kind of feel good about it because I don't like supporting this company is Amazon. I just got rid of Amazon Prime. I don't need it. I was barely using it. Yeah, well, if you're hard. not using it, yeah. as
0: much as I hate Amazon, I love Amazon. I mean, me too. Every my
2: wife buys it sucks so that much stuff. So bad, bad. every yeah. single day, I get five thousand notifications for buying stuff. But it like, what are you going to do? That's yeah. you know, so evil. What do you? What do you, I drive a car. Yeah. I put money into companies I don't want to put it into. Yeah. You but you make the changes you want. I won't shop at Home Depot because they're Trumpers. I don't go to Chick fil A because they're mm. homophobic, transphobic, garbage people. Yeah. I don't buy Goya. You know, you do yeah. certain things that you can. And this is what you can do. Yeah, that's what so, I yeah. did.
1: And uh it yeah, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, budgeting, trying to save some money and um in order to, when i'm doing that i'm inherently buying more things because i have more money now which sucks classic uh, jimmy i know it's such a me thing but uh i'm, I'm trying to cut back
0: jimmy's like i saved a hundred dollars this month on streaming services so i'll buy
1: a three hundred dollar <laughs> video game thing <laughs> yeah that's kind of what it is <laughs> uh jeff what are you talking yourself into
2: i'm talking myself into something that i just decided this morning i haven't begun wow yet. Dan is going to be proud of me because he's hated this for years. He's absolutely hated it. He's belittled me time and time again. (laughs) Really? And it's time to change. Not for him, but for me. But as a friend, he'll be proud. I am going to reorganize my record collection alphabetically.
1: Oh. By last name. He's getting up. He's standing standing ovation. Standing ovation. ovation. Wow. I didn't know you weren't alphabetical.
2: I'm I'm alphabetical. But I go by first name because I have a small collection.
1: Oh, first so name. I was it always is, isn't
2: it frequently Plus, disorganized? No, it's not. Oh, I thought my it was. seven inches are my seven inches. Are. Oh, I, yeah, you just throw them. in a pile. I, I'm re- oh, I have them by band, but I'm going to reorganize those. But like Bruce Springsteen, I keep it B. I keep it up top. I see B. Dan. Dan, <laughs> Dan Springsteen's all the way in the floor. Like it's I listen hard, to but it's right. <laughs> <laughs> Something embarrassing happened to me yesterday. Jimmy, we were at record store uh-huh. day. And we were going through, and the owners of the shop were there, and they're like, "Hey, if you can't find anything, let me know." And I was halfway through, mm-hmm. and I was in the F's, and I was like, "Do you guys have fellow cootie?" I didn't see it here. He's like, "It's under K," and I was like, "I don't know why." Why? Well, <laughs> but yeah, I didn't. I wasn't thinking. Uh,
0: this person's name so uh, funny yeah was i just, love um, like side tangent on the howard stern show they always make fun of baba booey for having records because they don't understand what the modern world is and what's popular <laughs> well, because howard is a a 90 year old mom yeah yeah and uh they were like making fun of his record collection they're like how do you organize them because he said that he organized his record collection he's yeah. like well, alphabetical by artists and then they're like so Bruce what about Springsteen, is it under B or S? And he's like, S what about the cars? Is it yeah. under T or C? So
2: I mean, that's what I've been doing. And like, I was even, I went to go get a Willie Nelson record and I'm like, it's it's not in the ends where is it? I'm like oh yeah I'm stupid I am doing it wrong so I'm, I've just been confusing oh, myself you mean at your house I'm yeah. like yes it would yeah. be in the No ends. I've just been confusing myself now too
0: <laughs> I'm and- not going to lie like this was a joke that I almost tried to do which was in um high fidelity when he says he organizes his records autobiographically (laughs) by how they've made him feel at moments in his life. And I was like, I wonder if I could do that.
2: (laughs) Like I saw Dan's record collection and you keep soundtracks and stuff separately. I Mm -hmm. just throw that in alphabetically. Like I said, I have a small collection. I'm not going to think, go to the end for a
0: soundtrack. The only reason why I started doing that is because some of those things are questionable and I would never remember like down from the mountain is a soundtrack to a documentary about, Oh brother, where art thou? <laughs> so where do I file that under D <laughs> yeah. I would like yeah. never think like, but a lot of times I can't remember what it's called.
2: It's so funny too. Cause like I love records and I, th- I spend a lot of money. I have them, I have a lot, but I have like, I don't even have one full shelf of the Ikea Calyx. And then, like, my older brother, who's been collecting records since the 80s, has 27 of those shelves.
0: Yeah. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> when you <laughs> say says- shelf, you mean unit yeah so you units. have more than one no, shelf of units yeah.
2: and he has every
0: single shelf with pull
2: out drawers with letters on them
0: by the way if, if you're interested in like learning about what jeff's talking about watch our collector's edition yeah videos It yeah. should all be
1: out i right know
2: yeah yeah. so it, w- it was a two-fold thing it was me being embarrassed in public in front of my friend <laughs> and also i got a bunch of seven inches and i just like throw them in a pie like i have mm-hmm. bands i really like in one section and chunks and then the rest are just all together i was like this yeah. is absurd
1: yeah, my video games are currently like that, and I need to actually get into uh, alphabetizing most of them. So, uh, yeah, I like it, Jeff. Do uh, it. It's very cool.
0: Do it up big time. Daniel. Yeah. Just I am. This week. I'm talking myself into a, hmm, how can I describe this? It's like a mini series that runs on the GQ YouTube page. Sure. <laughs> Already hate it. No, you'll actually enjoy this if you ever gave it a chance. There's not enough content to do an episode about it, but I'm sure that this is something you both would like. It's called The Breakdown. It has
1: nothing to do with GQ. I don't know what GQ is. It's like a men's fashion magazine. Yeah. I hate this already. No, it has nothing to do with
0: that. Listen, hear me out. The Breakdown, they've also forayed into pop culture, and that's where this goes in. So what they do for these videos is they get an expert of some sort to critique and analyze stuff in movies and TV shows that they're an expert of.
1: Oh, I've seen these videos before. Yeah. I, I don't like them.
0: Oh, well, a lot of people have done them. I think Munchies has done some and yeah. stuff like that.
1: These are just. It's re- always like, oh, I, I'm a, a sound guy. Like, I'm listening to Ninja Sex Party to analyze his voice and stuff like that. No, that's not what these okay. are. Okay. These well, are mostly filmed.
0: And, uh, like some of the best ones are they'll have like a marine biologist on to like talk about movies that have sharks. in them. that sounds a lot like Neil deGrasse Tyson shitting on every movie that exists. (laughs) It's not always shitting though. Sometimes they're like, that's very accurate Mm. and like very well done. Like they had some sort of an animal expert talking about like animal attack movies and stuff. And, uh, they, they showed, um, what's the Leonardo DiCaprio bear movie? The, uh, yeah, you know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about? Yeah, I Something saw it with an the Revenant, R, the Revenant, Revenant. Thank you. Yeah. And he's like this is incredibly accurate whoever like designed this scene like studied how bears actually attack in the wild mm. and stuff like that. Uh, so it's really cool and like that's the ones that I first started seeing but then like they get deeper into like some interesting subcultures like they had a dude who's like a restaurateur and he's been in the you know working in kitchens all his life talking about like cooking scenes for movies and Like he pooped on some stuff that you wouldn't expect But he also like loved Ratatouille And he's like okay the idea Of a rat is ridiculous (laughs) but if you Look at the way this kitchen is laid out It's not only is it accurate To like how a restaurant kitchen would be but it's Mm -hmm. It's accurate to the time period And the place that this film takes place in Like the era in French cookery and stuff like that So yeah it's pretty fun I mean it's not Something that I'm like I have to watch every episode of this But if I'm like sitting down eating a bowl Of cereal and I want to like throw something on It's a great like little 10 minute video I love Les Stroud, the survivor man, Mm -hmm. and they had him doing stuff with, like, movies where people, like, have plane crashes and stuff. Hmm. He gave a really in-depth talk about if you had to resort to cannibalism, like in the movie Alive... What yeah. parts of the human you should butcher and eat first? Oh, interesting. The butt, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. meaty. Yeah, and fatty. And he's also like in the movie. He's like, you would want to like dehumanize him as much as possible, so they cover the whole body up with snow, just exposing like one butt cheek. And he's like, you That's could just funny. look at that like a piece of meat. And oh, I do. <laughs> and we're talking about cannibalism on the podcast, Jimmy. What are you talking yourself into? I already did, I already it. did it, Jeff. It's he over. Already did it. Yeah.
1: Wow, his memory is going. <laughs>
0: Sharif don't like it. Okay, fellas. Okay, fellas. I want to hate it so bad, but I don't. (laughs) Jimmy. Yeah. This week, Jeff and I are talking you into possibly my favorite band of all time. He says it every episode. I I don't, though. You do. Oh, yeah, I do. The only band that matters, The Clash. All right. (laughs) All right. All right. Let's do it. You probably know some Clash songs, right, Jim? Oh, yeah. They had some hits. They were in my playlist in the playlist episode. Yeah. 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 The Clash are a British band that sort of came to the forefront of music knowledge uh, with the punk movement. They're like one of the early punk bands in England. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely like inspired by the Ramones, the Dam, the Sex Pistols, but from an early can you could you just stop? Moving I'm I'm the whole moving thing. it back to where it was. You didn't um, have
2: to say any of this. The microphone was going like this in front of my face. It, it was fine. <laughs> Everybody's fine, and you make it a thing every time. We're over.
0: You're you're still literally still. I'm not it. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> um, so they made it clear from early on that to them, punk rock was not a genre. It was like an attitude or a way of thinking. So they were not going to get pigeonholed into distorted guitars and fast fast drum beats. Um. And so from pretty much their first album forward, they were always growing, expanding, tackling new new challenges, things like that. So they're definitely like one of those artists that you can hear a super growth from like their formation till the time they dissolved.
1: Oh, that's interesting. They I all... actually didn't know that about them.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. They loved like American
2: rock and roll. They loved reggae at the time because like at the time you had a huge... Uh, immigration
0: from the Caribbean to England. Yep. Mm. So they utilize a lot of those sounds in okay. their music. Then they came to America and toured and started to fall in love with the history of American music like roots rock blues jazz um, even like started to dip their toe into hip hop funk stuff like that. So they're like over the pl- all over the place. Disco Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um okay. They were only together for about 10 years 76 mm. to 86 Like the Beatles. Yeah Yeah. Just like the Beatles.
2: I mean, they, they follow a similar, similar arc Mm -hmm. in like changing styles Mm -hmm.
0: and the way that they record. Um, basically the group was like a two headed beast. Also like the Beatles, Mm -hmm. um, two creative guys that sang and wrote songs. Um, Joe Strummer was the, I would say primarily the rhythm guitarist and lead vocalist, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but Mick Jones, um, also did his fair share of singing, uh, Some of the songs that you probably know most are actually Mick Jones, like Mm. Should I Stay or Should I Go, Train in Vain, things like that. Um, But yeah, it's super influential. Um, Almost any guitar band that you hear nowadays, distorted guitars, are influenced by The Clash, whether they acknowledge it or not. (laughs) Um, They're like a crossover band. They had some big hits, Rock the Casbah I talked about, Train in Vain uh london calling even got some big radio play um what's your exposure been so far
1: uh mostly being your cousin i've heard the clash Mm uh like big car rides obviously should should i stay or should i go should i go uh we covered in the band and uh in the band in the band we were in the band (laughs) and we covered it yeah um and of course it was in stranger things um but yeah, I mean, like I, I have probably all the pop culture people, what people know about The Clash. That's basically what my exposure is. Um, but I'm excited for this episode because like I've always wanted to take that deep dive and like I never had any of the context. So I was actually doing this episode. I'm I'm kind of excited. They're also for
2: it. very social and very political. Like, yeah, good mm-hmm. point. like they have like songs that are literally hits and dance clubs that are yeah. about like political and racial issues.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. Know your rights is legitimately telling people what their rights are as yeah. citizens of the free world. Yeah. And like Jeff said, like it's it's like to a dancey beat. Right. Um so yeah, I mean I've been listening to the clash since I was in like eighth grade. My uncle, former you know, not former, Bruce Bro Keith mm-hmm. uh was a real early adopter of the UK punk scene. He was into the clash, he had all their imported singles, Didn't which I'm he see really sad. Why. He saw them twice live. I hate Keith Mm -hmm. so much. He saw them live on the Anarchy Tour when it came stateside without the Sex Pistols, but with the Damned. Yeah. And he also saw them in New York with the Ramones. Oh, my God. I hate Keith so (laughs) much. He also had all the singles and 45s imported. And then he sold them like when I was a small child, like a two-year-old or something. So, yeah, but he was like, uh, I, I think I was like starting to get into the Ramones. And he's like. Oh, no, Green Day, just like the scene in High Fidelity. He's like, if you like Green Day, you should probably listen to The Clash. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I've been into them since then. Jeff, when did you start getting into The Clash? I mean, around high school, my little punk rock bone started to spurt.
2: <laughs> you know what I mean? Um,
0: <laughs> I remember, like, you always liked some of the songs through me, but I don't remember when you started to really, like, delve deeply and listen on your own. Probably around, like, college. Yeah. You
2: know, I, I they were always a band at the time when I was like, it's The Clash. You know The Clash. You know right. Dead Kennedys. They're always on and um well they also get a little bit
0: more rock and roll yeah which can be like scary for well, someone yeah, who's like, like i like punk music i mean right.
2: at the time that's when like i thought against me searching for a former clarity was like sell out <laughs> rock music yeah and now i'm like this is really good yeah um so like yeah like at first but then like you grow with it and uh, <laughs> you mark the yes <laughs> thanks <laughs> sorry Jim. i can't say <laughs> Oh, sorry Third. Uh, god damn but, it <laughs> but uh yeah and then you know like i i love them there's not much clash i don't absolutely love um they recently uh chuck d hosted a podcast a couple years ago with the complete history of the clash was what it was an amazing uh sto- series i don't know if you listen to that dan i'm sure you have we, i have not you yeah. haven't no, I remember. Oh that came it's, out I completely forgot. About it is it. one of the greatest music documentaries I've ever heard, and huh. it's, it's a Spotify podcast. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: there's also a fantastic visual documentary yeah. of the Clash called Westway to the World. Oh. That Jimmy, if you're talked into, I'm not going to give it to you for this, but if you're talked into it, you should definitely check that out. Is it
1: streaming what? anywhere? don't know but yeah like oh, okay. i said
0: like i listened to the a lot of the original ones i was like this
2: is punk rock i was and gonna then, say
1: let's watch it because i don't know anything about them
2: and then as you get more into their discography you're introduced to ska and reggae mm. and all these different styles that i wasn't exposing myself to because you know i had just tunnel vision of scream at the government and play right. loud guitars
0: <laughs> yeah uh it definitely is a really cool band um If you're a punk rock person or you're into punk rock ethos and you want to expand because they never for me, the Clash never sold out. No, because they never. First of all, the two components of selling out are changing your ideals and accepting money in exchange for that. And they never had a DIY Like, ethic, they Mm -hmm. you know, they were on a major label from their first release, so to me, they didn't sell out, but they also never claimed to be a specific genre of music. Um, and they didn't phone anything
2: in, like, they pretty much lived in a studio making music, yeah. Like, when they were recording their
0: albums, they dedicated their lives to it. So, I think, um, as you listen, take notice of how they can write the whole range of like political stuff, also personal stuff and take those ideas and just put them through like all different types of music and they can make the catchiest catchiest, most pop hook radio friendly song and also the weirdest angriest song cool yeah they can make it cool (laughs) so I'm going to do a uh, play we're going to do a playlist Um, there might be a few videos they'll be in the show notes and when we come back Jimmy's going to find out if he should stay or should he go waka waka
1: Should I stay or should I go, fellas?
2: I don't know. We're going to find out.
1: Uh, we'll find out.
2: Does Jimmy like it? Da,
1: da. Oh, that's good. Oh, thank you. All right. I wrote it
2: down with a little song. Note. Oh, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pre-planned singing. Nice. Yeah, uh, so are we going to talk about the rockumentary first or uh, the music first? Yeah, I mean, I don't think we have to talk a lot. I asked you to watch this little...
0: MTV rockumentary, which is very right. corny and very of very the 90s. Very corny,
1: very of the 90s. But uh, it it's it,
0: like a teaser trailer to Stay Free, the Spotify podcast. Okay, that you guys should listen to oh, okay. if you're talking into it. It's Ooh. just a little compressed history of the
1: band with some live clips. Yeah, um it was very surface level, and I yeah. was like, I kind of wish there was a little bit more here. Well, wow. I think you
2: probably should have watched it second because you would have known. I actually did watch a second. Smart boy. Um,
1: Mostly because it was like halfway through the week and I was like, oh, man, I haven't listened to this stuff yet. I should probably do that. And then I
2: mean, some of the things in the video will come up during the song discussions.
1: Right. Right. Um, But yeah, so it, it was fine. I mean, there wasn't really anything about like the formation of the band or anything. It was just kind of like, yeah, we were a band. We were playing music for five years and then we decided to stop. They they don't really have like no a cool formation they
2: story. Don't. They they pretty much just like dance it in the first half. They right. wanted to be the biggest band ever. So when they get called sellouts and stuff, they really weren't because they never no. started out as like this underground thing. Right. But throughout the playlist, and we'll get into it, is you know they had they released albums for like just under ten years and like they were on cbs records Mm -hmm. like huge international successes but their message never was watered down they just Mm. they fought with the label a lot but they always won they fought the label and they won (laughs)
0: yeah i mean uh as far as formation like they were all professional musicians this isn't like a garage band okay uh in a garage land yeah
1: exactly i mean it makes sense because they were very good to start with
0: yeah so like I didn't do a great job in the first half of this episode. I don't think that's why I felt like we needed to have like some sort of a documentary. Okay. But yeah, Joe Strummer was in the 101ers, which was a decently, you know, pretty well regarded successful Mm. rock and roll band. And uh, Mick Jones, he had had a history in professional music as well. And he was friends with Paul Simonon, who was like the least experienced. Mick Jones Mm -hmm. basically taught him how to play bass. Okay. Which Jeff, have you heard those stories Yeah, about like using stickers on the bass? Yeah. So like so when that's they funny. they he was literally like such a new bass player yeah. that uh Mick Jones had placed like colored stickers on the fretboard of the bass <laughs> to show him where to put his fingers. That's pretty good. I mean yeah.
2: you can hear it in his playlist. Like this yeah. is a chronological playlist. He, yeah. he gets better. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. Also they use studio bass players at times, which is sort of mm. like the unwritten sequel. Well they of the also band.
2: like they are a studio band more than they are a live band like they're fine live mm. but they like lived in the studio it became their dedication their obsession right. and like even the drummer we'll get into it later but he wrote songs and recorded p- mm. different parts like so if somebody could play something better they just would or if they wrote something on bass they would just play it on bass
1: right yeah you could definitely hear it in like the production value too like there are some songs that like I was, like, my mind was blown at how, like, how good the recording was from, Mm -hmm. like, 1978 or whatever, you know? Yeah, they do that Beatles thing, which
0: is just, like, if you have a great idea, then just do it. Like, don't worry about, like, (laughs) oh, I'm the guitar player. I have to play guitar. Right. I will disagree with Jeff a little bit. I think one (laughs) thing, like, maybe they're not the the tightest or, like, best sounding live act, but their live energy is, like, second to none. I didn't mean to, like, take away from that, but, like, some bands
2: are not good live and they're like they sound good in studio but like they they wrote these songs in the studio to be on a record
0: yeah oh for sure yeah and then when they played live it was less about like making it sound true to the album and more about like expressing the energy and the vibe and the feeling right
2: because like the drummer is not going to play drums and piano at the same time (laughs) he's not
1: yeah, and also just like a whole other thing about the Clash too is obviously they're very politically driven. They yeah, have a lot little of like, bit. Yeah, they have a lot of a lot of politics in their music. And it, it was just funny in the rockumentary, they were just talking about like, Oh, are you politicians or are you musicians? He was like and I was listening for a whole day and I, I came up with the idea that were musicians and i was like what the <laughs> hell does that mean and it was just very funny and um well i, I was kind of hoping that they went into their politics a little bit more in the documentary, but well, i mean not, like this the music kind of
0: doing that that's just trying right. to give you a base so the thing with the clash in their politics which is interesting unlike a lot of like political punk bands quote unquote mm-hmm. well first off they're not american so no. they're not talking about american right. politics Second, some of of it translates though. Yeah, but also like a lot of punk bands, especially of this era, like early, you know, early punk, uh, they had very broad political ideas, like rise above, we're gonna rise above, like stuff like that. The Clash were very specific, yeah, Yeah. specific (laughs) to like the current British. Political struggles, right? So, like, know your rights, as we're gonna get to later, is like literally
1: the addressing like the parliament. They're fat and ugly, or whatever. They're all
0: fat and old. Yeah, that's old. remote control. Remote control. Yeah. Let's dive in, Jimmy, because we're we're all getting
1: right. into songs here. Yeah. uh So the first one was Janie Jones, and yeah, I've heard this song before because it's popular. I don't know, maybe it was in a movie or something. Or Probably. Dan's just my cousin, so he plays the Clash a lot. Mm. Um. But uh, yeah, it's good. Uh, it, it's definitely, it's a song about the rock and roll lifestyle. Maybe there's more to it. I don't know. It's like working class. Yeah. Cool yeah. Rock. He's Man. in love with a rock and roll. Whoa. Yeah. And I love the whoa. Towards goes the up end. High, yeah, yeah, that was cool. Mick Jones.
0: Yeah, it was a good song. I liked it. That interplay between like Joe Strummer's like gritty barroom voice and Mick hmm. Jones like high pitched like wailing is like right.
1: so key to this band. Yeah, it, it was a good song. Uh, the next one was remote control and they talk about Daleks. Yes, they do. <laughs> it's 1970 in, in they England. Do? Yeah. yeah. At the very Repression,
2: end. Say- going to be a Dalek. I am a robot. I obey. Oh, I yeah.
0: never even picked
2: up the really? Dalek line.
0: I know yeah. I am a robot. I
1: obey. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's It's funny. Yeah. Uh, this is very specific to what was currently mm-hmm. happening right. in British parliament. And, yeah. Uh, you know, do you, I don't know how much you know about British parliamentary system. I don't Zero. know very much, but I know, <laughs> I know there's a House I'm of Lords. very well versed. There's a House of Lords and there's a House of Commons. Right, right. And this is basically saying like the House of Lords is an outdated, antiquated ideal, and right. like it shouldn't exist.
1: Yeah, it, it was very on the nose, but uh, as a song too, it just it rocks, man. It's a good song. I enjoyed it.
0: I yeah, I mean, like they're pairing this like political song, but it's still like got a groove. It has like a guitar oh, yeah, solo sure. in
1: it and stuff. They're, there's there's a lot of groove. They're really songs good in
2: at having like dancey, upbeat songs that have Just messages. Soul crushing lyrics. Yeah. Right. Kind of like Gang of Four.
0: <laughs> See, and this mm. is a balance. Like our friend Adam loves crass crass may be like one of the best like political anarcho-punk bands Mm -hmm. but they're not even really a band no they're (laughs) terrible music you have to have that balance you can't just like chant good lyrics over like horrible music
1: yeah um and then uh the next song was hate and war Uh, this is one of my personal favorites i actually didn't have a lot to say about it um but i do miss the days where when you can be in a band and not be a good singer (laughs) because <laughs> he could just like wail and just like kind of hit the notes and i'm like oh, i wish like that was good still yeah but don't you think that like he captures the emotion like oh yeah he starts sure. to crack and stuff yeah definitely i mean th- that's the thing with like punk music right like or, or just like screamo stuff in general um it, it's just like you, you gotta convey that emotion
0: right like the song can work if you're really talented but it can work just as well or better if you're not but you really mean it right yeah for sure and this is just a song about like negativity and dealing with like depression
1: and stuff like that yeah no it it was a good song it's the opposite of peace and love yeah peace and love (laughs) uh white riot which was the first song that was featured in that documentary. Mm. um this feels like their most punk song out of everything that was on this playlist yes, this
2: is this is like one of those songs that you can listen to for on the radio or like alternative radio or whatever mm-hmm. and it's just a bop you're like right right and then you listen
0: to the lyrics and you're like oh like, yeah this is right yeah 40 years ago black lives matter right We should say that we're, like, still, like, in the heart of the first album, Mm -hmm. which is, like, Mm -hmm. a big deal. Um, Now, there's, like, some controversy because this album was released in England and CBS didn't release it in America because they thought it won't be a success. Right. Uh, But a lot of the imported singles sold really huge over here. Okay. So they eventually brought this album over, but they changed the track list. So there's a lot of confusion. E- even like me, like I'm a pretty big fan, but I always forget like what was on that first album because gotcha. there's different versions and stuff. But uh, White Riot, Joe and Mick wrote the song after literally being a part of like a race riot in mm. London, yeah, and they was,
2: were they were like the only white people, yeah. and
0: they were like pissed that more white people weren't, weren't doing helping it. out, right non-white people also that white people don't have their own riots when things are so bad like basically Mm -hmm. the outcry is like if you have these problems with our society and the government you shouldn't be afraid to take things into your own hands right like sitting there and endlessly debating problems isn't accomplishing the same thing that throwing a brick would right exactly
1: and it must have been like a a pretty big hit too because it was like the first song that was like in that rockumentary and stuff so i was like oh this is probably a big song yeah i
0: don't know if it ever got real like airplay but it's one of those punk songs that's so anthemic that right. everybody knows yeah, yeah exactly it
1: sounds kind of like Ramonesish to me yeah um, it's but, got that simplistic power right. chord vibe yeah um but yeah it was good and then we get to uh career opportunities the one that never knocks yeah every job they offer you to keep you off the docks okay I love how subtle they are with, with all their lyrics. Very <laughs> yeah. um, subtle yeah.
2: and not in your face.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah, this is a good song, too. I mean, uh, there's going to be a theme here. Like, yeah, this song is pretty good. High School I, I like Jeff the thing. loves this song. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Just because
2: it's like I'm not a big fan of the military, any yeah, military right. Right. Uh, of this world. And, you know, this is, this is kind of like... Hey, you can't find a job because we screwed over your class. Why don't you join us? Right. And no, that's that's not good.
1: Yeah, just a little production thing. They they did the little echo thing. It was like, oi, 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 Yeah. It was yeah. cool. I was like, ooh, I like that.
2: Is Jimmy a rude boy?
1: I don't know.
0: I
2: like how he said oi. Oi. Oi, oi, oi. Yeah. Oy. <laughs> oy, oy, oy.
1: yeah uh, fun
0: side note, I was told to mention this. Uh this is my niece everly's favorite clash song really oh, yeah she loves queer opportunity she knows like all the words which is really funny does because... she understand them no that would be even funnier <laughs> she's, she's like 10 singing... years
2: old and she's like
0: yeah she's like i hate the army and i hate the raf and i'm like you know what the raf is
1: <laughs> i don't think i even know what the raf is it's like the royal air force okay oh well, now i know and then
0: like they're gonna have to introduce conscription she doesn't know what conscription <laughs> is that's cute that's yeah. really adorbs the next one, Jim. This is on here because
1: uh these boys like reggae.
2: They do. Police
1: and the thieves. That bass though. Whoo! That bass tab. It really good. Yeah. Uh, I've I've I was looking up lyrics, and literally like the first suggestion was like, <laughs> it was like police and thieves a bass tab. Hmm. And I was like, oh, a lot of people want to learn how to play this because Look, it was. This is also good. the
2: first of multiple covers on this playlist. By oh, Junior mervin okay. Did you listen to the original? No, I
1: didn't even uh, know it was a cover.
2: I recommend if you're talked into, I recommend listening to all the original covers because okay. they're pretty cool. They
0: it's, like to take old like reggae and dance hall songs right. and do like punk covers of them. Yeah. But they're
2: not that far. It's not like a straight punk cover. It's just I would just yeah. say it's a more angsty cover mm. that's pretty true to the I original.
0: Agree so like nerdy not even music theory but guitar wise they do a really cool thing that I freaking love and I wish I had this idea in this song so typical reggae guitar strum is like "Mm check -mm -check it right like everyone knows that even if you don't play guitar so they were like how are we going to do that for two guitarists so they dismantled that strumming pattern. they alternate right they each take one half of that yeah. chaka. They
2: they do that in a few <laughs> songs and it's it's pretty difficult to pull off.
0: So Joe Strummer goes eh, nah, 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 <laughs> and Mick J- Jones goes, eh, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> that's And that's awesome. When you put so that together, it's eh, nah, 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 Gang
2: of Four is nah, damage goods. They, do I was that. Just they the alternate thing, between yeah. guitar and bass, and I covered that in a band once. Oh really? And I was telling Dennis, he's like playing it all the way through. I'm like, No, we alternate and he's Amazing musician, and I'm not. And even like <laughs> explaining it to me he's like oh, it goes well, against your instinct. Yeah, because guitar play right. You're also sometimes playing on like the offbeat. Rhythm, yeah. One person's playing on the offbeat, and it's just it's really cool. It sounds awesome, especially in headphones. Oh
0: yeah, have you? Did you listen to this in headphones at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's some really fun stereo play between yes. the guitars.
1: Yes, there was. um Yeah, this is the first song when I realized the Clash isn't really a punk band. They're more of a dance no, band. I was like, oh, okay. everything was expected. Well, one thing that I
0: was glad I squeezed into the first episode is that to them, punk was never a genre. Right. And I I kind of just a base that that they build upon. Yeah. I hope that comes across.
1: It's an attitude.
0: It's a it's an ethos. Exactly. It's like (laughs) what you place importance and value on.
1: It, it, It was just funny, too, because I always kind of put them in that like Ramones kind of like right um but it, it we'll see the thing is like most people
0: who don't listen to the clash equate the clash with this first album right when really like they pretty dramatically change throughout oh, the yeah. career and like a lot For of sure. the big hits people don't even realize were the clash right like yeah. train in vain
1: yeah oh yeah definitely um yeah it, it was just funny um especially because like we all sort of listen to like more harder stuff or whatever and whenever we go to uh, like shows or whatever. Dan we talked about this when we went to go see um that band uh that did flood. They might be giants. Yeah. And uh six star, oh, six Brian, star Brian in the window
2: like a creep. Hi. <laughs> we're recording. four star. Sorry, four star Brian.
1: Oh yeah. Uh so when we were when we saw uh they, might be, they might be giants or whatever we were talking about like how every show either was like sitting down or like in a mosh pit yeah so we're like it's weird going to a band where like people might actually dance
0: jeff and i experienced that like when i was still in high school and we saw a gang of four oh, in Boston. Right, yeah. it was our yeah. first show where people were dancing and
1: and I yeah. was like do we just dance <laughs> yeah it's just kind of funny just something I wasn't expecting it was
2: people 20 years older and I was like I haven't seen them since 83 and they're just like dancing like old parents <laughs> yeah together. and I was like oh I, I want to we were
0: young and we we're like should we start a circle pit <laughs> there was yeah.
2: me you Adam and one other random person and we were just like let's mosh
0: <laughs> nice. so the next song uh, I love this song well because it's a vibe and it's like a good song it's super catchy but yeah. also like they're like in anth- in anth- anthemizing themselves Mm -hmm. which i think is super fun and at this point they weren't the biggest band in the world right but they're taking over the city they're the clash city rockers and it is also a satire on the accusation of them selling out
1: yeah yeah Yeah, it's it's funny to hear basically like a theme song for a band we've talked about it before it's fun when people do that Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's a good song and it's also funny too like hearing all these like harmonies and stuff too which i wasn't expecting yeah and uh it's just a fun song yeah i i think that an interesting thing that you start to see especially in
0: these earlier songs is like they may not have been the most accomplished musicians but they had grand ideas mm. and one thing they used to like set themselves apart <clears throat> early on was these like rhythmic ideas mm. so like the thing i mentioned in police and thieves and clash city rockers it's very much in it and it and it and it and mm-hmm. So they're like, they're trying to push beyond the typical boundaries of like 4-4 four, four timing. Yes. It's interesting.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, it Also, like the drummer was pretty good in this song too. And he's doing the drum rolls. And uh, yeah, it's a so, good song.
0: And this first album, Jim, they had a lot of fluctuation in the drummer position.
1: Yes, they uh,
0: did. Terry Chimes was their initial drummer. Uh, he left pretty early on. On the first album, he plays, and then they have a couple studio drummers, mm-hmm. um, and then after that with Give Him Enough Rope, they have Topper Heaton, who is yep. like, um, if you get more into the Clash and you learn more about like their formation and stuff like that, he's a very interesting choice for a drummer, mm-hmm. and like the fact that they chose him was already a statement about what they envisioned themselves as as a band okay because they had a lot of like straight ahead rock and roll punk rock drummers try out i think like the drummer from the damned or one of those other and a
2: lot of time, time bands periods. the drummers are just seen as
0: interchangeable they're just there right. to keep a beat especially for like typical punk yeah bands. but not right not topper the fact that they chose him already said like hey we want to be more he's a right. drummer with like jazz chops like he was a professional studio drummer okay. and stuff
1: that's kind of cool
0: so these these three songs weren't even on an album right right they yeah. were singles the clash were a huge single band i mean mm. of the time period and also like i think like the the record labels didn't really know what to do with them early on they were like is this punk thing for real is it gonna last are they gonna last so like maybe we shouldn't invest a ton of money into a full length maybe we should just put out a whole bunch of singles and that's sort of what happened All right. and like i mentioned those singles got popular overseas and they're like okay we can get like them some i money. thought the law yeah. wasn't on an album right Oh, okay. Now we know. Uh, Jail Guitar Doors. I'm actually
2: not very familiar with this song. Mm.
0: This is one of my favorites because it's so early on in their career, but like feels like so much later. If you didn't Mm. know when this was released. You
1: would think it's later.
0: Yeah, it feels like it could have been on London Calling. It does feel like
2: it could be on Give Him Enough Rope, which is around the same time.
0: Yeah.
1: They said, f*** them. Sorry, Jim. (laughs) There was an F-bomb in there, and I was like, that's cool. Uh, i actually don't have a lot to say about this like it was well obviously th- we see like a theme that i'm talking about like the uh jail structure and like uh
0: well this is a cover as well okay of an old song well, i'm not even sure if it's reggae or whatever but um i don't know there's just like such a cool vibe of one two three four uh, and yeah. then at the end it goes into this really cool rockabilly thing where he's like the jail guitar does the mm-hmm. guitar behind that is tip, is like total like Carl Perkins mm. guitar. Yeah.
2: I fought the law, Jimmy. You, did you know that this was a cover of the Bobby Fuller 4? I did not. Which was a cover of the Crickets. Okay. It's a cover of a
0: cover. Wow. I did yeah. not know that. A lot of these songs were, were like, they weren't making a statement about the original artist. They were like just in their musical vernacular. Like they grew mm-hmm. up but hearing it. But
2: they also they grew to love American rock and roll, especially since they became big in America. Like Dan said, Mm -hmm. with all their singles and imports, they went on like small tours and like across the country and they loved like middle America. Yeah. Like they would just go to like, um, Woody Guthrie, his like museum or whatever in Oklahoma and mm. like they just love Texas that whole area so they just became enamored with this style so I fought the laws kind of like that they actually I read a little bit more into this song in particular when they made it to California like mm-hmm. Dan said they were going to record a single and there was a jukebox that had the Bobby Fuller 4 version and mm. they just learned how to play that three days that's later funny. went back to England and recorded it
1: hmm. that's kind of cool uh yeah no i mean it slaps it's a really good yeah. song uh, everybody knows it everybody's heard it on the radio i
0: enjoy it they do some fun things in this interplay of music and lyrics which i don't mm. think were on the original versions robin people with a six gun i love that
1: oh yeah definitely <laughs> I, I actually do agree with that that's really good um i enjoy that song a lot safe european home we're getting into the second full
0: length give them enough rope mm-hmm. yes controversial at the time because they worked with i forget his name but uh producer who was known for like sort of making american like bullshit corporate rock yeah (laughs) he recorded blue oyster Cult and some Mm. other bands of that nature and the fact that the clash chose him was already just a statement on like where they saw themselves
1: yeah uh safe european home this might be my favorite clash song wow it's really good i don't know i just wasn't expecting it um, just like the entire part where uh, they're talking about uh, the Rudy can't fail part at the end. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like the music like is going and then it like drops out and then comes back in. Yeah, I was... Jimmy
0: likes the biggest production nerd song. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. It, it's
2: cool, though, because it goes to just background vocals and like rhythm right. guitar and then it builds back up. It's very yeah. strange is...
0: because it's not a fade out and then fade back no, in the drop out. Right. right. And it's also what remains like he doesn't fade everything out evenly like certain right, instruments right. and background vocals it's almost right. like a weird long crossfade is, yeah. thing
1: um but yeah that song was like really cool and i was like this is the perfect like movie song like towards the end of an anti-flag did
2: that and an album like 20 years later and yeah. the first time i heard that i was like what the hell are they doing <laughs> yeah um but yeah no this song is cool too because it's like about you know white people going to these super poor caribbean islands for vacation Mm -hmm. and then just like leaving and coming back home and like five feet away from them is just like extreme poorness violence it's
0: and this is based off of a true story where like they went to jamaica to write and record and like so to no doubt (laughs) yeah very different time periods though and they loved Jamaica. They fell in love with reggae music and the culture and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then, like, they had to go back to England to record. Yeah. It's the, it's Later on, they era did era. end up recording at um, I forget BB, not BBC, uh, Jamaica Studio One, which is like where yeah. all the big reggae hits were recorded.
1: Nice um yeah it was cool it just wasn't something i i know that you guys mentioned reggae in the beginning of the first part of this and i just wasn't like i, I was like oh that's kind of cool but then like it hit me and i was like oh that like combination well, i mean just, this like, really this rocks. time
2: where they're from like that was huge that's right that's where like ska became huge right. in the first place I mean, right. rudy is short for rude boy which is
0: what right.
1: like jamaican punks right yeah uh but yeah it was very cool as far
0: as production what did you think of the actual sounds on this album Because I personally think it's really dated. Uh, Um, There's... I I don't remember this
1: song in particular.
0: Well, it starts off with like a snare hit that's like humongous. It sounds like he recorded a snare drum in an empty stadium. It's like...
1: (laughs) oh yeah that's right i do remember that now that was like a
0: very like u.s like early 80s snare like huge echo
1: snare sound yeah the production on on all these albums didn't bother me too much um on the first album i don't know if it was just weirdly remastered or whatever there are some songs that sounded great and there are some songs that sounded like they were like the original that's how it
0: always was because they recorded it at vastly different recording so yeah also within
2: this playlist a lot of the singles come from a remaster from 2014 right which is all of their songs completely remastered Mm -hmm. just because that's the availability of right on spotify
1: yeah it it all kind of varied but like the production stuff actually didn't really uh, or at least like the sound recording didn't sound if anything crazy to me all the
0: like frequent remastering has actually like improved like this album give them enough rope okay it made it sound more like a regular album. If you listen to like I have the original pressing on vinyl, mm-hmm. and it's like very
1: thin, choppy guitars and right. like
0: huge, echoey drums and stuff. It's, right, it's strange.
1: Okay. Uh, next song was Tommy Gun. Yes. Uh, yeah, more uh, political stuff with, uh, but it still still slaps, man. It's
2: it's aggressively anti-war. Yeah, but they they do. This thing a lot in their songs, and this is one of the first songs that highlights it. They do that word painting where they yeah. they take either the lyrics or their vocals and accompany it musically. So the song's called Tommy Gun, and mm. it starts out with the snares sounding like a Tommy Gun yes. that. Yep. and they do that in several songs, but that always just tickled me. The first, even the first time I heard this when I was in high school, I was like, Hey, it sounds like a gun.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love it when when bands do stuff like that too. So I agree, it, it, it's a good song. Yeah, I enjoyed it uh julie's been working for the drug squad yeah Yeah. this is not like one of their bigger hit songs
0: like i don't even know how much jeff was familiar with it i've heard it but it's not one that i regularly remember but it's good i love it it feels like it harkens
1: towards what's coming for this band yeah
2: it's Mm -hmm. jazzy it's like a piano jam
1: right um and it's just a songs about uh why are people in jail for nonviolent crimes this, and stuff it's
2: so weird how the clash is like quintessentially london late 70s early 80s right. but is so american at the same time oh, yeah, dude, like I this know. is all about the industrial prison complex right and how it's bullshit and how people are in jail for their lives for yeah. nonviolent crimes but then people murder people and they're there for like 10
1: years 22 years yeah um but years yeah today. yeah yeah um but yeah it It's crazy. There's like Uh, some really
0: cool, like, like you could see Mick Jones is really coming into his own as a lead guitarist on this stuff. Like he's able to take a step back. So personally, I've made the transition in the last like year in this new band I'm in from being like always a rhythm guitarist to sort of a lead guitarist. And it's very weird to make that and just like retrain your instincts. And I I feel that on this song because it's the first one where he's like, leaving open spaces. He does this thing Mm -hmm. where for like the entire verse, he just bends one string. He's like, "Mm
1: -hmm." I like that a lot.
0: (laughs) And I'm like, that's really a big step. Like, sure. Mm -hmm. It sounds like I'm nitpicking here, but as a guitar player who came up through punk rock and he was basically just playing power chords through everything. Right. To like, stop playing and just do something for texture or to like mm. add to the emotion is a huge step for a Dude, guitar even player. when
2: we were in our first punk band society and breakdown we had a song called shock value and we added like instead of doing power chords we're like we went E-ne-ne. just three plucks on strings <laughs> and we were like we're good we're like musicians <laughs>
1: that's so funny uh but yeah i I definitely appreciate that kind of stuff too but
2: yeah i I have always liked that because he does that in a couple songs where it's just like these weird background like Mm -hmm. bends and just like things for texture
0: Well, and it's also this thing of like like i've talked to jeff in the past when he's transitioned from like punk bands to rock and roll bands is like as you add instrumentation especially in the studio you need to give room for the other instruments and the other Mm -hmm. players so like He knew that Joe Strummer was going to be playing chords, and then there's this whole added piano part that runs through the whole Mm -hmm. song. It would be a jumbled mess if he was just strumming chords through that whole part. Yeah, that's true. I tried to explain that when I was in Hooks and Sinkers. I was like, all right,
2: we're not a three-piece punk band. Right. So, like, yes, you're a good guitar player, but now we have a keyboard player who's going bonkers during this part. (laughs) Like do less right you need to let everybody breathe and as you
0: learned that's difficult for people to to do some people yes (laughs) put your (laughs) ego aside not to name names but but as the clash progressed our studios as the clash progressed in in the studio and started to add more texture and more layering it wouldn't have worked if they weren't able to make room for each other
1: yeah definitely
0: or even if you just kept doing power chords throughout it would have just sounded muddy
1: or boring yeah we're talking a lot about Julie's been working in the drugs and club. We're talking about the clash. <laughs> yeah, really. We are. We're talking uh, about them moving forward. But uh yeah, it's a good song. We're gonna get on to one, two, I got a crush on you. Yeah. I love this. I think it's I
0: mean, there's a lot of bands who have songs like this. I'm pretty sure it's based on like an old traditional yeah, mm-hmm I'm folk sure. song template. It's it's like a classic rock and roll song. It's kind of it's the very most Beatles-ish.
1: Ramonesy song. Oh, to me it's very too. Beatles.
2: There's yeah. that awesome weird sax solo in it
1: yeah. for no reason. It's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's a good song. Uh, I enjoyed it. Way poppier than I was expecting. Mm. Uh, and then- that was a single, and I
0: put it on this playlist because I think it pushes you nicely into the next full length, which was, I mean, arguably their biggest. I'm not iconic. Arguably, yeah, yeah, their biggest album ever. It's the double album London Calling. Yeah. Which opens up with
1: London Calling, Jim. It's the important song, right? It's the, <laughs> it's, the it's the big hit.
0: Speaking
2: about you love the bass. This is yeah. like where he really steps aside from like he's learning. He's becoming right. his own bass player rather than being like told do this.
1: Right. Uh, it, it definitely like the Rocky menu was talking about, gonna yeah. keep on talking about it because we had to watch it. Uh, they, they were just like, yeah, they definitely solidified their own sound with uh-huh. this album. Uh, they definitely don't sound like anything else. Um, they're like them.
0: a true amalgamation of like punk, rock and roll, reggae, uh, Rockabilly, classic rock, yeah. Ska. Right. And it's yeah, it's the Clash sound basically. Yeah,
1: and it it's it's cool like yeah. it, there's no it other works. band like it yeah and the way that it, it works together it's all very it's good. so
0: weird how you can go from like a total like ska song to like a total rockabilly song next yeah. and it
1: feels right yeah definitely um london calling surprisingly isn't one of my favorite songs i think it's fine uh, i understand why it's very popular and stuff but the song is fine
0: it's it's an interesting song to be as as well known as it is is. Mhm. Because it's not super, like, the tempo is strange, right? For, like, a, a a hip-hop song. Right. It's not really slow enough to be, like, a slow song, and it's not really, like, fast enough to be a dance song. Yeah. It's also, like, in a very weird, like, chord progression. It sounds negative. What I mm-hmm. like about it is that it really fits the lyrics, which are sort of, like, nightmarish. Like, it's based on, like... A I just dream. realized,
1: sorry, I just realized Six Star Brian is wearing a shirt called Rad Dad. Yeah,
0: I bought him that shirt.
1: Four Star Brian. Four Star Brian, sorry.
0: Um, he's very excited for this episode, too, because he's just giving <laughs> thumbs up for five minutes because uh, he loves The Clash. No, but London Calling was Joe Strummer's, like, nightmare of what a post-apocalyptic mm. London would look like. And it's all just, like, fictional and just, like, plays on words and stuff, but
1: yeah, it's dark. Yeah, it is a dark song. But yeah, I agree. It's kind of weird that it's like one of their most iconic songs and like, it's fine. Yeah. Um, hateful. It's a drug. Well, it's a drug song. A who's a man. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a Bo Diddley beat. Yeah, it is. It's so catchy, too.
2: Have you ever heard this before?
0: Yes, I've heard. For
2: some before. reason, this is one of those songs that I know well and I love, but I always forget the name. Oh, when yeah. you put this oh, on the yeah, playlist, I, I was know. like, what's hateful?
0: Well, okay. he doesn't. The word is in the chorus, but it's not like hammered with backing vocals. It's like, right, he's hateful. Yeah, and I'm so grateful. Yeah. yeah, to be nowhere. So this song is about like the dichotomy of being a drug addict and loving but also hating your drug dealer.
1: Right. Yeah. Which it's kind of funny, but it's also sad.
0: Yeah. It's like when you're craving, like when you're needing a fix, he's your best friend, mm-hmm. but as soon as like you get that fix and you realize like your life is really screwed up and you shouldn't be living this way. He's your worst right. enemy.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a good song. I, I definitely like it. Uh, Rudy can't fail. We're talking about that again. Uh, cause that was in the other song. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's ska. It's reggae. Ah, it uh, see
2: it, when, so when good. I was a little high school punk knew, yeah. new in my musical journeys, um, i wasn't very familiar with the clash i heard like the radio hits right um but i like this band against all authority Mm. and they were like this skate punk thrashy band that infused ska into their music and they have this one like part of their song where it like slows down and it's like rudy a message to you rudy you, Rudy. Sorry, Jim. And then when I heard The Clash, I was like, that's the thing. they That's Rudy. <laughs> like, that's is it the same Rudy? That's is funny. it the same one? And then later you find out that they're talking about Rude, rude Boys boy. and like, now I don't know if they were actually referencing The Clash.
1: <laughs> they might have. Been. Jimmy, how, yeah, so, sure how hard does this song slap? It slaps so hard, man. It's probably one of my top three favorite Clash songs. Honestly, I
0: don't think there's a more joyful moment in rock and roll history than as everything's like opening up and building in the intro, Joe Strummer goes up on the roof of the 19th bus. Yeah. <laughs> when I hear that, I'm like, yeah, dude, <laughs> we are standing on the roof of a bus right. just dancing.
1: Yeah. It's, it's really good. Uh, it, it's, it's good. I don't have anything else to say about it other yeah. than Joe Strummer has
2: uh a, a great way of just like throwing in these background
0: yells of very funny quips for sure. <laughs> there's like moments yeah. in clampdown like his like his little ad libs his extemporizations are like really iconic mm-hmm. even the next line in rudy can't fail he does the up on the roof of the 19th blood, and he's like and then say like that stuff is that's throwaway stuff that he just tried <laughs> out in a studio but it yeah. becomes like one iconic. of my favorite parts of
1: the song right yeah it, it's very funny and it's very funny that you put it right next to uh, the Guns of Brixton, which this is like was, the opposite of a song. This
2: was one of the two songs that I made Dan add
0: on to the playlist. Because I will
1: say I was on the
0: fence about it because I'll let Jeff explain why. I don't know why you were on the well, fence about it. it. It's important for what it mm. meant for the band. And it's also a good song but when we're trying to keep a playlist tight, it's so different than everything else it is, that but, I struggled
2: with. But it. it's one of my favorite songs musically. Okay. I just love it. Um, Especially the baseline grooves real hard. Mm. And um, I heard anecdotally years ago that, like when you first listen to the song, you're like, oh, this has some kind of deeper meaning. Huh. They're talking about like gun control or something. Nope. And I heard that like they were on the roof of the recording studio and they were like shooting at birds with a pellet. <laughs> yeah. With like a fake gun and like cops got mad at them and they got really mad. And I was like, it's so funny that this like non thing <laughs> became like this really strong political song. Because, again, like when yeah. I, I wrote a song one time when my mom picked me up from band practice too early and I went home and I was so angry at her. I wrote like these vague lyrics and I emailed them to Adam. And then the next practice, they had just recorded this demo that was like anti ROTC. And I was like, this is very funny because awesome. this is about my mom picking me up early for practice. And now we're going against the military trying to indoctrinate
0: children.
1: Nice. <laughs> uh, The song's fine. <laughs> like, I didn't really get that much out of it. It's real
0: groovy. Okay, it's... It,
1: it's I don't know how much groovy.
0: you know about the background, but it's Paul Simonon, mm-hmm. the bass player. It's Is this his only song? I, I think he sang on a couple other ones, but I'm pretty sure this is the only one he wrote. Okay. Uh, so he wrote it, and... To go. So Jeff is correct. The background of it is that they were in between takes. They were on the roof of the recording studio shooting BB guns at birds. I'm so glad I'm right because I refuse to believe any other (laughs) explanation. That is correct. But to go one step further back, the song exists because Paul Simonon wanted to know why Joe Strummer and Mick Jones were making more money than him. (laughs) And he found out it's because he had no publishing because he didn't, Uh, they didn't write songs as the clash. Right. They had Joe Strummer songs, Mick Jones songs, Strummer Jones songs. Paul Simonon's name didn't show up on any of those. I didn't even know that. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to write a song. How hard can it be?
1: (laughs) That's funny. Also, Um,
0: like weirdly, they did a thing live that not a lot of uh, bands do or did at the time, mm -hmm. which is that when they played this live, they would switch instruments. So Joe Strummer uh, and Paul Simonon would swap instruments and okay. Joe Strummer would play the bass line on this. Hmm, that's kind of cool. I think it's groovy and everything like that, but I don't really like Paul Simonon's voice. And I just think it's yeah. a little, I mean, like as a teenager, I was like, yeah, that's my jam. But now I'm like, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot better stuff. I never stuff. grew out of it. I still love it. It's so groovy.
1: That's funny. Quit. Oh. <laughs> then <laughs> the next song is "The Right Profile," which is a song about the actor Mon- Montgomery Clift. Yeah, doesn't really do anything for me. The song, the song, yeah.
0: Wow, boom! I think it's awesome. It's got a really says, good horn like? section. In solo. solo
1: didn't really catch me. Uh, it's about
0: vanity. It's based on a okay. true anecdote that supposedly he only wanted to be shot from certain angles because he thought he looked better. Yeah. From the right profile. Okay. There's also some great lyrics in this that are like, I don't know, Nebutal numbs it all, but I prefer alcohol. <laughs> Jimmy's just <Cool>. nodding. <laughs> very cool.
1: Yeah. Uh, next song was Clampdown. Song about yeah. working for the man. Yeah. yeah. Don't want to work for the man no more. Dan
2: and I saw Bruce Springsteen and Tom oh, Morello
1: cover that song. That's cool. Was it good? Yeah.
0: It was very cool. I'm this sure. is sort of anthemic for them it's big there's like tons of weird background sound effects and stuff
1: yeah this song was really good i definitely liked it i actually liked it better on the re-listen than like the first listen through and i I kind of appreciated it more yeah um but yeah it's grooving it's good
0: the Uh, lyrics are like so smart too like just the way he gets across his point without actually like calling it out is like you grow up and and you fall down you start wearing blue and brown right it's just it's about conformity and stuff like that it's interesting
1: then we get to Train in Vain, which we talked about before. We mm-hmm. we were saying that it didn't I was like, Oh, I didn't realize it was a clash song. And you were absolutely right because I didn't know this was a clash right, song. Right. It
2: just sounds like an right. early eighties American dance band.
1: Yeah. But uh it's it's really good. And I, mean, I think they yeah.
0: covered the history of this song on that little uh documentary, right, about how they had recorded it for another purpose. I forget what. And it got turned down. I think it was like a, a flexi movie disc or something. Oh, a flexi disc. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. And, and right. then it was too good. They didn't want to throw it away. So they crammed it on the end of
1: London Calling. But yeah.
0: All of the jackets were printed. So it's not on the track list. It's it's a secret that's track.
1: right. Yeah, that's funny. Um, and also
2: they called it Train in Vain because one of them, I think Joe Strummer, thought that the beginning drum sounded like a train chugging away. They could, God, oh, yeah.
1: okay. So
2: Train in Vain, like it doesn't even mean anything. They just thought it was a cool name because this is pretty it's much cool. just like a heartbreak romance song
1: yeah for sure yeah it's a good song. It do vibe though yeah it's very it good did. uh next song was bank robber just a straight up reggae song uh, yeah so
2: in the documentary, who was, was it mick jones said this was their biggest song yeah i, I don't know if that's accurate. i was like <laughs> this this is one of the songs i'm least familiar with on oh, this really? whole
0: playlist I, i've heard it but i love it because it's another reggae cover but it's launching into Sandinista and you could hear those influences Mm -hmm. with the weird like techno and synth elements. Ah, ah, ah.
1: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It's a good song. Uh, I wasn't expecting that kind of a song on here. And then I heard it and I was like, that's cool. Uh, I liked it. Then we get to the Magnificent Seven, which is a song about waking up at seven Apparently.
0: <laughs> I don't know that it's really about much. I don't know. Digga 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 digga. Yeah. Digga.
2: <laughs> Kinda funny. I use this on our last podcast. It was a musical bed.
0: You want to talk about uh, bass hooks. Uh, <laughs> boom. Boom, boom,
2: boom, oh, boom, yeah. boom. This song is it's got the disco, it's got the mm. dances, it's got the funks, and like <laughs> vocally, this dude's rapping.
0: Yeah. He's, right had, kind he's of a he's a hip hop yeah, artist.
1: That's true, yeah. this, is this is like,
0: like Sugar Hill gang era. Sandinista, okay, for me, London Calling is like, hey, this is who we are right now. This is like how we grew up, what we listen to, what we love to hear. And then Sandinista is like, that was cool, but now we've seen the whole world. And we've listened to like what people are doing all over the place. And this is like what we vibe with now. Mm-hmm. This
2: was uh not critically acclaimed when it came out, this album. It's very long, yeah, and right. there's a
0: lot of big ideas jammed yeah. in there. Yeah, I'm going to go on record and say, like, I don't love it as much. Uh, It's too big for me to get my head around. I've tried to listen to it more lately.
1: Like the White Album.
0: Sort of. Even, like, less catchy, though. There's right. a lot of, like, experimentation on this album. There's some really good songs, like the ones yeah. that Dan picked, and then there's some that you're like, okay. That you're like, is this even a song? This is just a collection <laughs> of like riffs and sounds and. Okay. Um, yeah, it's to me, it's a little like masturbatory. Like, hey, we put out London Calling, let's even go further.
1: Right, right. Uh, then we get to Police on My Back, which is more music about law enforcement. This yeah. is also
2: a cover of oh. another band from okay. the same era, but they do more of that um, word painting, which is mm-hmm. like the intro.
0: Right. Like the siren, the European police yes, sirens.
1: That's very true. Um, I do like that. And uh, uh, this is
0: also one of the more like pop centric, like it's written more yes. like a typical pop song on this but album. But it still has
2: that A cap mentality, yeah. which yeah. I'm beginning to think the Clash don't like police officers. <laughs> I don't think Joe Strummer would be backing the blue, yeah. is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. It, it, it's also funny, too, that they somehow like. The entire chorus is just saying the the days of the week, but it's still catchy. I was like, "That's kind of cool." Uh, like, how much effort did you have to put into the to the lyrics for that one? Um, but it, it's good. Yeah. It's a good song. Uh, the call up, which is another song you're talking about, uh, not liking the army. Yeah, and that's that's yeah. this one. This is
2: more focused on like anti-draft when the government right. calls you up to right. serve time, or as the
0: Brits call it, conscription.
1: Yeah. And it, it just starts off with the march and the uh, like uh, hop, one, two, hop, two th- three, four. Yeah. And uh, it's good.
0: It's this good song, song is is really like that chorus. It's up to you not to heed the call up. I don't want to fight. It's so
1: good. I, I think I only listened to the end of this playlist like once or maybe twice. Uh, so I didn't really get to listen to too much of, like, the last, like, four or five songs. Jimmy. But um, When
2: I got my draft registration card when you turn 18, <laughs> yeah. it was, like, 2003. So, like, we were
0: in we were not in a good yeah.
2: place back then. I was like, I'm not sending this in. I use it as a bookmark.
0: <laughs> I showed them. That's um, great. They do, like, an interesting thing musically with this little, like, piano riff. This, it's, like, descending chromatic. So it's, like, it's a very weird like world influence thing Mm. it's uh, a it doesn't fit in the key of the song but it sounds cool yeah uh
1: know your rights
0: yeah so now we're at combat rock from 1982 so this
2: whole time we've been talking it's been five years yeah yeah
1: crazy and and also
2: combat rock like dan said with sandinista they had all these big crazy ideas and it went off the rails combat rock to me is they toned it back and tightened that up. So they, they owned it. Mm-hmm. They they kept those crazy ideas, but actually were like, all right, let's make hits. Right.
0: L- let's take all this weird stuff that we've been learning and experimenting with and put it into like pop songs.
1: Yeah. And it paid off. Um, I was going to write notes about Know Your Rights, but I forgot. Uh, so I didn't Number write anything one. down about this it. This is one of my Never favorite write. songs because
2: it's just it's straight up satire And the story behind mm-hmm. this is that around that time there were like PSAs for poor communities right. that were like telling you what you can and can't do. Mm-hmm. And just like, so this was a parody of that, but also like Dan said, with the interplay of like switching off strums, this song is like mm-hmm. the ultimate one that eh, eh, eh. like one song's right. playing on the upbeat and one, yeah. one guitar is one song and one guitar is playing on the downbeat and they're alternating. One is
0: da da, and the other one is. Eh, eh, eh.
2: And then you have the piano. That's just like boo, boo, boo. Boop, 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 boop. And the bass is. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: just, it's got like this
2: weird driving, like dancey,
0: floaty vibe yeah. to it. And to speak to annoying. what Jeff was saying about the satire, is like, if you didn't pay attention, this song's like, this sounds like any other political song. Right. But if you listen carefully to what he's saying, he's like, know your rights, all three of them. And <laughs> you have three rights, and they're like, not to be killed i don't remember what the other ones are yeah but they're just funny they're don't kill unless you're a police officer yeah exactly right
1: Right. um yes it it was a good song i just didn't get a chance to write anything about it um sorry
0: jimmy they're only my favorite band (laughs) no jimmy you ever hear
2: the next one
1: no what song was that again yeah should i stay or should i go uh yeah I mean, what do I have to say about it? It's it's a great I don't know, song. tell me. it's a it's a fantastic song. This is song, one of those man. songs
2: that is a clash original, but sounds like it's a cover from another it time. It does, yeah. Um and like the funniest part for this song is that all those like Spanish things that they're saying yes. aren't real Spanish. Dobro
1: es frío, they, so they, called up,
2: they called up a friend of theirs who lived in New York City to ask his aunt to translate certain sayings into Spanish. So they said in English what they wanted he translated through the aunt what it was in Spanish, said it back to them and they got it wrong. So right. they're just speaking like this telephone, <laughs> literal telephone game of broken right. Spanish. that doesn't make any sense. And it's just so fun.
1: Fun fact, when we were in the band together, uh, this was one of our covers. Yeah. And I knew all the little Spanish parts because I was doing backup vocals. It's for a that. very
2: fun song to play. Yes. yeah,
1: It's a fun song to see live. It's a fun song to, uh, to see in Stranger Things. It's a fun song just in general. I'm going to say that like it might be one of the most
0: perfect
1: rock pop songs. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like a
0: pop song with a traditional rock and roll band. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's a great song. Um, It's also very funny that it got popular after it was in a commercial. Which I didn't know about. Oh, uh, yeah. Which is funny. It was was not
0: released as a single, I don't believe, even prior to
2: that. no. There's a lot of Clash songs that have been in commercials. I don't know if that was the first. I think it was but I, an early big one. I definitely for guest like gens, yeah, I think. The first time I heard the Clash was probably in a commercial when I was like 10.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yes, it's a good song.
0: Rock the Casbah. This, is, to me, feels like their biggest hit song as far as like, radio play. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. It's just a straight-up dance song. Yes, it
2: is. It's so rockin' and lyrically... Like we said, it's hyper specific
0: to one like political thing that happened in
2: <laughs> Argentina know, or Armenia. Which is very funny. Or
0: I forgot where. Yeah, um, it's littered with like Middle Eastern references. Yeah, the sheikh told the boogeyman.
2: And is it racist?
0: <laughs> I don't. I don't think it is, but it's. Uh, I don't think the song is, but the music video is problematic.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> they showed a little bit of it in the rockumentary, and I was like, Ew.
0: lock
2: the cash box. That was another commercial. Yes, it was no.
1: yeah <laughs> um yeah that's been used everywhere i think the song it's it's not one of my favorite songs I oh think i love fine. it i've
0: always loved it
1: yeah i think it's okay
0: i love when the uh jet fighters use their lasers and hear <laughs> pweow, pweow.
1: <laughs> cool
0: yeah. yeah i
2: mean so yeah i don't know i guess final push is that like you we didn't put anything from cut the crap on here their best album <laughs> basically after this album came out they had one more album and it was doo-doo well you know oh, okay. mick
0: jones was not in the band at that yeah, time it so. wasn't real it was uh, like they tried a to continue on without mick jones and it was not successful
2: okay. um there it's so funny because like even during the rockumentary thing that we watch they had songs there that we didn't add to this playlist Yeah, and i it's was hard. Like, it's yeah mm. you can't add everything but there's like everything you've heard we gave you i mean we gave you big chunks of like london kong and stuff but right. there's so much more to explore yeah. with them and i mean they inspired so many bands that we like and that you like uh maybe right. if you
0: don't even know it but i don't know i think you liked it so i'm not gonna push very hard yeah i kind of just back up what jeff says that if you liked chunks of this you can delve deeper if you're like a first album guy there's more than half plus after album, this joe up. strummer had a solo career like some mm-hmm. side band joe strummer and the mescaleros yeah. and um mick jones had a a follow-up band that had some pretty big hits too um big audio dynamite they were called okay that was fun paul simonon also had a band like more recently um that like had one big hit song i can't remember what they were called but something about the queen okay in
2: topper he may or may not be
0: alive doing drugs i don't know yeah he had a bit of a problem at the end of the band poor guy Yikes. uh but yeah i mean another like cool thing is there's a lot of footage of them there's a great documentary called west uh west way to the world there's also a full live uh film which you saw hmm. clips of in the documentary of them playing at shea stadium right that was released as a movie called from here to eternity okay i would uh, definitely recommend the name of that
2: stay free to me that's like one of the best music documentaries i've ever seen or heard it's re- done really well it's hosted by or narrated by chuck
0: d jim do you have any final thoughts or should we ask you the question i mean i'm talking
1: to them i mean like <laughs> damn it you took this away from us i mean like yeah it, it was one of the easiest talk talk me into's you've ever done oh, uh good. It, it's it's great it's fantastic um, I wish you guys did this episode earlier, honestly. I was really? like Well oh, we can't man. we can't I know. do we, everything we gotta, all at once, Jim. We gotta do it later on sometimes. It's fine. Uh, what's yeah. your
0: favorite era? What are you gonna return to first?
1: Um I actually might return to the first album first. Uh I might go chronological. Yeah. Um Jimmy, keep going. It.
2: Take your time because Dan has to go to the bathroom very badly.
1: Yes. Not I can pig. see that. <laughs> um but yes. Yeah. His, his legs are
2: <laughs> quivering. It, it. <laughs>
1: It was a very good playlist. I think you guys did a great job. Rockumentary, uh, not great. it uh, didn't really need. No, that. it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't meant to be. Well, yeah.
0: one of these days I'll have you over, and I own the DVD of Westway to the World, and okay. we can watch that because I love it, and like nobody's seen it because it's out of print and everything. Okay.
1: Well
2: next time on Talk Me Into, we are having a guest on oh. to talk us into another More band music from England for British oh, music. Geez.
0: Radiohead. Yes. Oh. Radiohead. Friend okay. of the pod Jess will be on to talk us into Radiohead, a band that she is is much beloved by her. <laughs>
1: Okay. okay jimmy
0: yeah uh i i have listened to a little bit of them and i'm lukewarm where do you fellas stand
1: zero yeah i don't, I don't really
0: know, know much. anything i know
2: the hits yeah. so
0: jess will be here with a big old playlist i heard she's been working tirelessly on this project uh in the meantime jimmy where can people find the podcast
1: you can find the podcast at talk me into on twitter at talk me into pod on instagram and if you feel so inclined, you can send us an email. Talk me into at gmail.com. Dan, where can people find uh, your bathroom?
0: Uh, my bathroom is going to be where I'm at soon. Uh, <laughs> I'm
1: on Twitter, Danny underscore breakdown.
0: Jeff, how about you? I'm on Instagram <laughs> at I almost said large heart on Collider,
2: which it is not. Uh, Magic the Clippening. Uh, and I'm on Twitter at J E F 27 That's Jeff with five F's. The number 27. 27. I'm speaking Spanish. Slowly Jimmy. Jimmy. how about you? How about
1: you? <laughs> you Five me at son of a fitch. S O L A V A F-I-T-C-H on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.
0: Thank Damn, you, listening. What listen- about you?
1: Oh, did we we already, already did. did Oh,
0: then we didn't do Talk Me Into. Yeah, we, no, did. we, did. we did. We did? Yeah, we oh, did. Oh, okay. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. Well we talk you into next. I have to pee. Kissing. I'll be right back. I have to pee. Hayden Whoa! The only thing we are today,
1: <laughs> he has to pee but he's singing. I get up out
2: of the way and he's singing instead of peeing. <laughs> that was pretty good. Boom, boom, boom. I just heard the <laughs> KRS1 IC3 bed. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna get you. Yeah.
1: All right, want me to start this? Yes, I need to hear it. I haven't
0: heard it all day. Are there any more munchkins left?
1: There's one, yes. Can I eat it? Yes.
0: Munchkin. There's one.
1: Just an FYI. Jelly, the worst of all man I know, jazz. that's why it's left. <sighs>
0: I'm an Amrigo. The German am I. That's never run a if I had
2: a high five. Madam, oh, Madam, too hot to hoot. do hang a salami on a lasagna hug. <laughs>
1: I understand that reference.
2: Bob. Bob 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 Bobbington.
1: That's Bob. Bob.
0: He spent fifteen Bob. years getting loaded. All you have to do is one line and Jeff will come in.
2: Fifteen <laughs> years the expose it. What's Boggins? and we both did the Tim Armstrong version. Mm. Now that he can't drink.
0: Uh. Alright, so we're starting with uh Clash. Yes.